the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, today's discussion is about itinerant ministry. What's that? I, dude, I was going <laughs> to ask you the same thing, man. <laughs> the, yeah, itinerant ministry. We might call it mobile ministry, man. The running gun ministry. Maybe something like that. Did you have an actual definition floating around in your brain for itinerant ministry? Or how would you define it? I, I would just define itinerant ministry as going from place to place as okay. needed. Okay. Supply preaching type ministry. Yeah, yeah. All right. I would agree with that. Maybe a pastor's gone on vacation. Maybe a pastor is sick. Yeah. Just this living week by week, going different places and preaching. Yeah. And, and the reason why I want to pick your brain on this is because that's something I've never really experienced. For those of you who know me, my initial four years in, in the ministry, I was at a church as a youth pastor, and I might have preached at, let's say my, my four years there, I might have preached at five or six churches, uh, different churches during that time. I did not preach outside of that church very much at all. And then in 2005, man, that's been over 17 years ago, um, I became a pastor. And whenever you are a pastor, typically you're at that church preaching. Yes, I've done uh, revivals. Yes, I've done uh, mission trips here and there. Yes, I've not solely preached in the churches that I pastored, but for the overwhelming majority of my ministry, I have been preaching in the churches that I was pastoring. But you've had two unique times in your ministry initially, whenever you were a youth guy, and then most recently, now that you're a professor at Blue Mountain College, where your ministry has been to some extent, itinerant. I would in, agree. In in nature. And so I just want to kind of pick your brain on that. Now, before we get into that, overview, overview kind of what your ministry looks like now, your preaching ministry. And then, and then kind of tell us what you can remember from from first Nettleton, you know, you know, kind of kind of what it was like as a youth guy who had an open door to be going to preach. Well, let me start with First Baptist Nettleton. Yeah. Okay. So when I was at First Baptist Nettleton, I I think I served there for three and a half to four years as youth minister. That's my home church. I surrendered to the ministry there. They licensed me. They ordained me. They called me as their their youth pastor. And I served there for three and a half to four years. And I had basically an open invitation from the pastors and the church at the time because they realized early on that my ministry was not going to be necessarily with youth, that I was really feeling called to preach and to pastor. So they allowed me to structure the youth the youth in such a way that I didn't have to be there on Sunday morning or Sunday night. They did require me to be there every Wednesday night because that was the big night for, for our youth ministry, a uh, large group gathering. The other times were small group gatherings. So on that Sunday morning, I could I could set up Sunday school classes and have a person do a large gathering at that time, and I could just go and preach. And when I was at First Baptist Nettleton, I preached, man, in a bunch of churches in uh, Lee County, a bunch of churches in Monroe County. I went to uh, Prentice County, mm -hmm. Itawamba County, Pontotoc County, um, Chickasaw County. Yeah. And so I got I got to preach in in a bunch of different churches and some of it was kind of sporadic. You know, you might go a week or two where you were preaching somewhere 
And then all of a sudden you might go a month and not hear anything and get a call on Saturday night. Yeah. That, hey, man, I'm sick. Can you preach for me in the morning? I got yeah. these kidney stones and they're <laughs> killing me. I can't be there, you know, yeah. or like I did one time, got a call on a Sunday morning because a pastor got sick, got mm -hmm. sick with kidney stones okay. that morning, was hospitalized. Yeah. And I went and preached for, yeah. for him. Uh, so that was kind of First Baptist Nettleton. And since I've been professor at Blue Mountain College, I've had a, an itinerant ministry, mainly my first uh, six or seven months as professor. I left from the church I was pastoring in July of 2020. So in August of 2020, that very first Sunday, I really had no place to preach. And then all of a sudden, I had a place to preach. Yeah. And then the next week, I had another place to preach. And those were both in Itawamba County, out in the country of Itawamba. Yep. And they wanted me to come for two weeks. I came those two weeks. And then it was like, it just began to here and there. And I went to churches in Tippa County and in Benton County. And basically from August all the way to February of, so August of 2020 to February of 2021, I was preaching almost every Sunday. I think there was only two Sundays that I did not preach. And one of those was because Tom Tom was singing in a church and I wanted to be there at that church. Yeah. And another time was because, well, nobody wanted me to come and preach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so out of all of those Sundays, there was only two times that I didn't get to preach. And then I moved into an interim role at a church because it was more static. It was more stationary. It was something I could expect every week. And it and it, that helped for that season. And now I'm back in more of an in, uh, itinerant role right now in the Congress, uh, within my ministry. Yes. So basically going a lot of different places, preaching to a lot of different people, new faces every Sunday. Okay. All right. I, I've been jotting down some questions while you've been talking and this is here. Okay. Here is something that I've, I, I say this often. It cannot be original me because it's way too good. There are two things that every pastor, every preacher needs is education and experience. You need both. If you have one without the other, you're not quite where the Lord wants you to be. You need education and experience. Okay. Now, the experience of itinerant preaching hit run and gun, run and gun. You preach here, you preach there. Does that help or hurt your preaching style? I think it helped mine. Sure. All right. So that early on when I was youth pastor at, at Nettleton, that itinerant ministry, I had honestly like four or five sermons. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. four or five sermons at that point, because, you know, maybe, maybe up to 10 sermons, but I was basically preaching those sermons and I got really good at preaching those sermons. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I could preach them without notes. I could yeah. preach them at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I I knew those sermons inside and out. And so did my yeah. wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if uh, the Lord so wanted funny. to use her yeah. in that way, she could have done. She had some sermons too, you know. That's right. Uh, because uh, she had heard them so many times. Yeah. yeah. But uh, 
it gave me a lot of experience and it helped me realize what people connected with in a sermon. Sure. Because I was getting to try it out. Yep. And yep. if it didn't work, if yep. I tried something new out and it didn't work, I could try it out again at the next church. And if it didn't work at that church either, yeah, pretty good chance it's not going to work. Yep, absolutely. And you, yeah, you learn by, by, yeah, trial and error. Yeah, makes sense to me, man. Now, pastoral preaching, though, is different than itinerant preaching. Hey, who's asking the questions during this podcast? My, <laughs> next, my next question was, is pastoral preaching different than itinerant preaching? I know the answer. The answer is yes. Yes. So how is it different? Okay, in itinerant preaching, you, you basically know I've got one Sunday. I've got two Sundays. I've got this month, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you you go in and you just want to connect with the people. You yeah. want to, a lot of times my sermons are very evangelistic in itinerant ministry because people need to get saved. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to preach in such a way that I can bring energy and excitement Yeah, and it be an evangelistic message. Yeah. In pastoral preaching, you really need... I don't I don't have just one Sunday uh-huh. in pastoral preaching. Mm-hmm. I have many Sundays. Absolutely. And I can build now every sermon should stand alone. I believe that. We've already talked yeah. about that when we're not recording. We yeah. talked about every sermon should stand <laughs> alone. Yeah. But even though that sermon should stand alone, you have the next week to develop more ideas. Yeah. You have the next week to do to do more discipleship from the pulpit. Yeah. You have more time, and in itinerant ministry, you don't. Yeah. You've got that opportunity, that one time to connect, whereas in pastoral ministry, you got many opportunities That's right. to do so. You, may, you know, I've, I've always thought this, if I only have one chance with these people, what is the passage I want to preach? What is the sermon I want to share? Because I may never see these people again, this side of heaven, may never see them again. All right, Thomas, you, you've said something that is that is that has made me think about this. I love the answers to what you've done so far. You've mentioned there was one Sunday when no one wanted you to come preach. And then I know that whenever you left your most recent interim pastorate, you took an entire month off. All right. We are preachers. Both you and I are preachers. Does it feel weird not preaching? It, it does that now for that one Sunday, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. I, I did take time off from in the month of June and of June of 2022, I got finished with a year-long interim. Uh, before that interim was ever over, like three or four months before it was over, I knew it was getting close to being over. My wife asked me if I was going to take some time because they're transitioning to the church. They were transitioning to being members of that church. And I said, yes. And so the first Sunday or two, of June of 2022, when I was not preaching and I, I was yeah. intentionally taking the month off, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. That third and fourth Sunday, I was really wanting to preach somewhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. M- makes sense, dude. Because right now, whenever I, if, if I'm not preaching at Trinity Baptist Church on a Sunday morning, either I am sick, I woke up dead, or <laughs> I'm on vacation. Other than that, I'm in the pulpit, man. I am preaching, you know, because I, I think I fell out. If you're going to be a preacher, you got to be preaching. And uh, <laughs> that's, 
revolutionary thoughts. I know. Right I, know. There. I want to get t-shirts printed up. Yeah. If you can be a preacher, you got to be preaching. So yeah. And so I like that idea. All right. So now to follow up on that, this is the first time in a long time that you have been a member of a church where you are not the pastor. Are you down with that, man? Are you down with that? You now have a pastor that you have to say, yes, sir, how may I serve you? Isn't that what all church members say to their pastor? <laughs> but how does it feel being a church member where you are not the pastor? I, I like being a church member. And it's kind of funny, the other day I was I was sitting out in the, the church service and, and my pastor was up there and he had mentioned something, I don't know, and it got me it got me to thinking about this. And I was like, hey, I'm under his authority. Oh. And and I I thought to myself, huh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then and then I just I kept thinking, all right, stay with me. You know, I, I thought, okay, I'm under his authority. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I thought about the next staff member that I could think of. And okay. I was like, you know what? I'm under the music minister's authority. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And then I thought, you know what? The secretary. Yeah. I, in some way, she's a staff member. I'm yeah. I'm under her authority and I'm okay with that. Yeah. The children's minister. Yeah. Yeah. I'm under his authority, you know. I mean, I even yeah. went as a chaperone for yeah. him like during the month of June. So yeah. I'm fully committed to this church member thing, yeah. thing, and I'm under his authority, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then I thought, well, there's the youth minister. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> let's skip let's let's just skip that. Yeah, that's so. Uh, in the youth minister, one of your students right now, oh, <laughs> and and I love him. I love equal him. submission. Uh, I love him so much. I went up to the the staff. They were kind of gathered up yeah. at the front of the church, and and I kind of did that for them. I'm like, I, listen, I don't mind being under your authority, yeah. your authority, your authority, your authority. And then I was like, and then I just stopped and said, yeah. well, let's just leave it there. Yeah. And they were like, wait, who who was left out? Oh, that's so funny. And it was it was Bob. Yeah, we name. love Bob. <laughs> I do. I love I love Bob, and so. Uh, I'm, I'm under Bob's yeah. authority and, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I think we have to be okay with that. Yeah. And the reason I've been thinking about this, I'm glad you asked the question yeah. because the other day I was driving somewhere and I was thinking about it. What did the centurion say to Jesus? What does the one who was needing his child exactly. healed? He said, I am dead. a man under authority, authority. That's and right. I, I'm a man who has authority and I recognize authority. That's right. And basically he was recognizing the authority of Jesus yeah. and how Jesus had the authority to heal even from a distance. Yeah. But in a in a very similar sense, I recognize I'm a person who had authority at one mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. within a local church and now I recognize their authority and I should be able to submit to that. Absolutely. Because ultimately I I'm under God's authority. Right. I'm under Christ's authority. Yeah. I'm under the church's authority. Yeah. Even as a pastor, you're under the church's authority, uh, right? Absolutely. And absolutely. But now I've got a pastor. Yeah. And I've got I've got multiple uh pastors. Yeah. That that I'm under. Children's pastor, youth pastor. Yeah. Uh, because in one sense or another, I'm I'm a, I'm a bad 
I'm a bad servant in some of those ministries, but I, yeah. in some sense, I'm serving in those ministries yeah. in one way or another. So I'm I'm under all of their authority. And Thomas, right there is a really good explanation of it, man. And so so many of us guys who have been so removed from itinerant ministry that it's been so many years since we've been a a church member, we we, we I've forgotten. I forgot. I hadn't even thought about that. So that's that's a really good way of putting it. All right, Thomas, what if if a pastor came to you? A pastor came to you and said, man, I want to be a runner and gunner. He always looks at the itinerant ministry as being, uh, you know, grass greener on the other side of that fence. Um, if he were to come to you and say, give me one good reason why I should not resign my church and become an itinerant minister, what, and this might be a bivocational guy, might be a full-time guy, what, what's, what's the one challenge you would tell him of itinerant ministry that you didn't think of before you were an itinerant minister? Whenever you were a pastor, you didn't have this challenge, but lo and behold, here as an itinerant minister, there's that challenge. And we've maybe discussed some of it about how you've only got a one-shot a chance at some of, the, uh, some of the people you preach to and some of the places you preach, but what's one thing you would tell uh, a pastor? You're only asking for one. But since we're friends, I'm going to give you two. Oh, what a blessing. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bonus answers. One would be what I've already said. Mm -hmm. there, is, there is no continuity mm -hmm. in preaching uh, at, in an itinerant ministry. Yeah. You really do not. Now, there are some guys, they are known as itinerant preachers. And they have that sustained ministry. Um, I like, I really have nowhere to preach within the next, okay, the next three or four weeks or field. But after that, yeah. it's wide open. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be preaching. I don't yeah. know if there's going to be an opportunity. There's no continuity mm -hmm. in, in if you're going to be preaching this Sunday or not. I gotcha. Now, the second. Mm -hmm is this in itinerant ministry if you're not intentional mm -hmm. you will not grow in your not in your preaching you will not grow in your understanding of the bible cuz let's be honest now sermon prep is not devotion time or quiet time correct but you learn a lot a in sermon prep. Lot. If you're ever going to teach it, you've got to understand it. Yeah, exactly. And if you've only got 10 sermons you're preaching, mm -hmm. then you know those 10 passages, you know those 10 sermons, but how are you expanding your knowledge of a book of the Bible or doctrines of the Bible if you're only preaching from those 10? In pastoral ministry, you're, you're able to, to preach widely and you're able to dig into some deep passages and and you're able to expand your knowledge of the Bible in uh, in a way that you can't do in itinerant ministry. One of the things that that I've tried to do recently uh, since I've started back my itinerant ministry is preaching sermons that I usually don't preach in itinerant ministry. Okay. I've, since since I've started back, this is July of 2022. And so I've started back since the beginning of July 2020, July. Easy for you to say. Of 2022. Yes. I preach from Revelation, Judges, and Acts. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty varied. And usually, uh, 
usually those are not my my go-to sermons, especially yeah. for a first time visit to a church. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're going to go in and preach on tithing and all that good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So basically what you've kind of said, what we would call in Alcorn County where I grew up, is is keeping you honest. Pastoral ministry keeps you honest about biblical study and exposition. You have to keep yourself honest or or yeah, you got to continue to grow. So that, that's a really good thought. All right. Years ago, there's a, there's a man that both of us know. I'll tell you afterwards who he is. He pastored a church for, he was a pastor. He pastored, I believe his last church that he pastored for 17 years. He then transitioned to the role of AMD. Now, back whenever AMDs were AMDs, not AMSs, but he transitioned to being an association of missions director. One day I asked him, I said, what is the, what do you miss about being a pastor? And his answer floored me. That's what he miss about being a pastor. Now you're more of an itinerant minister. He said, funerals, funerals. He said, I never get asked to do a funeral. He said, where I pastored for 17 years, he said, they have a pastor. So when that person dies, they get their pastor. He said, I am no one's pastor. He said, so I I do no funerals. In your itinerant ministry, itinerant, have you been asked to do any funerals? As an itinerant, no. Okay. As As an interim, yes. As an interim, yes. But I was interim pastor. That's correct. But as itinerant, no. And and it would be rare. It would be odd for you to for you to ha- connect with an in an interim in an itinerant role, it would be hard for you to connect with someone to the point where they would trust you enough to come say the last words over their deceased body. And so he said that was one thing that he missed the most. Yeah. Since transitioning from being a pastor to to teaching full-time and doing itinerant ministry and interim ministry. Uh, I, I preached a sermon on this at a church that we, you were there. It was a pastor's conference. Yeah. Uh, can you give me those three points? I don't even know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> thanks. You preached and I was there. Thanks. Appreciate you it. You preached at a pastor's conference. At it's It's been, it's been over a year ago. <laughs> Uh, but so I preached, I, I preached a you. message about, about pastoral ministry. I remember, I remember. And that pastoral ministry, I honestly think is the highest calling yeah. that a person can be called to. Yeah. And, and I would put it over being a professor yeah. and over itinerant ministry or even interim. There's a place for yeah. interim ministry, but pastoral ministry there's just something really special and when a person calls you pastor uh-huh. there's not only is it a title not only is it recognizing god's grace in your life but it's recognizing relationship yeah. that you have with a person and and there's just something special about it all right now in my hierarchy of ministry calls i've got pastor as numero uno do trace Number three, I have church planter at number two. I have foreign missionary at number one. That's how I've got my broken down. Missionary, church planter, pastor. We're splitting hairs. Uh, oh, yeah. Would, and would, would, you, would you put pastor above missionary on foreign soil and above uh, church planter on, on, on American soil? I, would you I would put pastor above. You would, you would, and Why? the reason the reason being is because if if a foreign 
a foreign missionary is going to go to another country and do a good job and to be effective, then they, they've got to be a pastor. They've got to be heart. a pastor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a church, a, if a church planner is really going to, he's going to be a pastor. If a church right. planner is going to go in and connect with that community, he's, he has got to be a pastor. All right. Paul, that's a guy in the New Testament. I think I've heard of him. Was Paul a church planter or a pastor? He, I, I would argue that he is, uh, we call him a missionary. Yeah. But he stayed three years at Ephesus. Oh, yeah, he did. He, he's not going for a 10-day mission trip. No. A lot of times when we think missionary today, we think of a person who, who's going for a short period of time, yeah. going for a year, coming back home. He stayed at Ephesus for three years. Yeah. And, he, and even he says that he lived among people. He, had, he got jobs. He ministered to them. So even though he had a traveling ministry and we, we recognize those journeys that yeah. he made going to different places to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them, yeah. where he could, mm-hmm. he, would, he would lock in for a period of time. He would. He sometimes would. he only stayed two weeks. Sometimes it was three years. Yeah. But in all of those places... He ministered to them from a pastor's heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so. I've never thought about it. You know, most would say Paul was a missionary. I would say Paul was more of a church planting missionary because of the letters that he wrote back to those. That's an argument or a, or a, a podcast for a different day. But but I do agree. It's the pastor's heart. It was the pa- you can have a pastor's heart in 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 missions. You can have a pastor's heart in mission being a missionary or a church planner. Let me ask you this. Can we have a pastor's heart? Is secular job opportunities. Can a pastor go through something that removes him from the pastorate forever or for a season? And can he have a pastor's heart in a secular work field? If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna be consistent in my argument, I'm gonna have to say yes. Right. I think I think you have to say yes. I think you have you, to say you would yes. have to say yes because it's part of who that person is, yeah. not ne- not just a title. That's that's right. That's right. I think you could have a guy who for a season is hurt and injured and goes into construction. It goes into s- selling cars. Goes into uh, I'll say he was a Bible guy and he was a pharmacist. But something happens, and then the ministry side of his vocation is excused for a moment, but he is still a pharmacist. I think he can minister with the heart of a pastor in in, in his pharmacy. You know, mm-hmm. I think that very well. I've never thought about that until this until this discussion. So I think that's, I think that's a pretty you good know, idea. There's a guy that I don't know him very well, but I've been talking to him over the last uh, few weeks. Um mm-hmm. uh, he is, he was in the ministry. He is not in the ministry now. He's doing itinerant ministry. He's preaching here and there, but he uses his business where he puts uh, windshields in and he uses that as an opportunity to minister to people. How about that? And yeah. like his, uh, his 
catchphrase is helping people see the way. Oh, that's good, especially for a windshield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because- I'm a reformed windshield guy. I used to do that in high school and my first few years outside of high school. So that's really good. So it's a little bit of a double entendre, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> it's like helping people marks. see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> helping people see the way and yeah. really seeing the road, yeah, but yeah. also the way yeah. uh, Jesus Christ. Well, so. that's really good. That's really good. So I, I would argue that he is a person that yeah. is out of from ministry, still serving as an itinerant, but but really ministering to the people that come to him for for business reasons, but he's ministering to them in uh yeah. from a pastoral heart. And I believe uh he tries t- to share the gospel with if they come into his place and as he's putting yeah. the window in, if they're sitting back there with him, he uh, shares the yeah, gospel really with good. them as he's doing uh, their windshield repair. All right, Thomas, I've got one stat and then one closing question. Here's a t- statistic, easy for me to say. Exactly. That's what Here's I think. a statistic I heard just the other day. Mississippi Baptist Convention has around 2,100 churches. At the current time, about 400 or without pastors. We need more pastors. And I believe you would say we need more itinerant ministers. So there's a two, two-pronged question. Do we need more itinerant ministers? And then number two, can an itinerant minister transition to the pastoral ministry? Those those are some great questions. Yes, I think a person from itinerant ministry can transition to pastoral ministry. Now, there's going to be some questions, some underlying questions about why a person is in itinerant ministry. Uh, there there are some churches who would let someone preach, but may not let that person be a pastor. That would need to be examined uh, for that church. That church would need to examine those reasons and and to determine uh, if it would be okay according yeah. to their their understanding if he could be a pastor. So so yes, I think there could be a person who moves from itinerant to pastoral ministry. We we need people who are going to go into the preaching ministry, pastoral ministry. So many people, so many young people now, they want to be foreign missionaries or they want to be youth ministers. Yeah. And we don't have many that are going into like pastoral ministry or preaching ministry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you and I were kind of rare birds really now, whenever we stepped on the campus of Blue Mountain College, uh, man, I was pastoring already and you God's call upon my life. You went there wanting to be a preacher, a, 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 a pastor. Serving like, in youth ministry yeah. because yeah. nobody else would take me, <laughs> That's right. you know, but yes. wanting to be a pastor. It was an open door of ministry. Exactly. Yes. But we need, and now I've, I've heard from my professor friends that it is that there are there are few and far between the young men who come in and saying God has called me to preach on a preach on a pastor you know that those guys are are few and far between we need more but i think i think some issue has to be on on us 
as pastors, okay. as preachers, because I'm going to guess that the of the I wonder what the percentage of the 400 in Mississippi are under 15 or 20 people. Oh, you I I would I would think there would be a great number of them under 15 or 20 people. Yes. I would agree. Cuz you know the overwhelming majority of our churches are less than 100 in Sunday morning attendance. And I'm going to say that a church running 100 people mm-hmm. are going to find a pastor. Yep. Be Easily. much easier. Oh yeah, much easier. Easily. Yeah. But a church that has 10 people. Yeah. That's harder. They're going to find it very difficult because of because as we've been joking even before the the podcast was was recording, uh, woe is me if I preach not the gospel because yeah. we won't eat, you yeah. know. <laughs> and so there there's some there's some guys who might yeah. might want to pastor or might want to, but they can't they can't do so because of financial financial restraints. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I think, I think that's a really good idea. And may, you know, sometimes I think guys think that they're going to go in and the first church they're going to pastor is going to be first Jackson, Mississippi. That ain't happening, man. That is not. You got to get your start somewhere. I've always tried to tell people, say, make it, make a habit out of saying yes, say yes to the Lord. Let, let that grow. And as God opens the door for opportunities, continue to say yes. Hey, and it's difficult preaching to uh, 10 people, isn't it? Yep, it is hard. It's more yep. difficult to preach to 10 people than it is yeah. to 1,000 people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so much harder because you're, th- those people are typically hanging on your every word much more. They will feel much more comfortable coming up and offering a critique or asking a question that you may not have the answer to. Uh, yeah, it is harder to preach to a small crowd. I agree. All right, so we've been talking about itinerant ministry. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. There are some people who are just really good at itinerant ministry. Oh, yeah. Tell me this kind of like final question, okay? Yeah. Tell me who's top two. Okay. Top, who would you say the top two or three? Okay. Okay. In itinerant ministry for for Mississippi are and what is their strengths? Okay. All what right. is a strength <laughs> of theirs? All right. So and, and so uh, my top three, my top three would be Ronald Meeks, Kenny Digby, Jim Futrell. I agree. Oh, okay. You're, we, we're the same on our top three. We're the same. All right. Now, this is what, let's start with Dr. Meeks. Ronald Meeks, you and I have known him for years. He is a professor at Blue Mountain College. Hey, he, 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 he's one of your bosses, man. He's the chair he's of the department. Boss. Yeah. He's just my friend. So we go out and eat. He and he and Julie, his wife, and April and I, we're really good friends with them. Ronald Meeks brings such a level of excitement to the pulpit that our people love hearing him preach. He preached at he preached one of our our most recent revival at Trinity Baptist Church. I had it was five services. We had five different speakers. And Dr. Meese was a backup. There was a one guy that was going to be preaching for us. And he had to have shoulder surgery the week before uh, because of a fall and he could not come and preach. So I got Ronald Meeks to come as a backup. And several people at the back door said, if you ever do this again and you don't have him as a preacher, you're gone, man. What do you mean scheduling <laughs> something without him preaching? Air people love him, and it is his level of excitement. He brings such excitement. He rarely looks at notes. He preached on one verse, 
he basically had that entire sermon memorized. I, I, I acknowledge his his intellectual giftedness to be able to do that. Yes. That dude is a fantastic, energetic preacher. What do you think is Dr. Meeks's strong point? Would you agree with that, or would you have a different, a little different angle? I, I would agree. He he's got so much energy. Yeah, and that energy comes across in his preaching. Yeah, and uh, there's some excitement about the text when he's preaching. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Number two was Kenny Digby. Uh, since I, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you what I think. Kenny's mind works in such an analytical way that that he is an outside-the-box thinker. Uh, you have heard Kenny preach. I've heard Kenny preach so much. You've heard him preach so much. You And your mind works in a way where you you can remember. His, Kenny says this about you. You know his stuff better than he knows his stuff. Now, I don't <laughs> that know was if, true at one point, but <laughs> you maybe not anymore. Then, huh? <laughs> but what my – all right, so Kenny – Kenny is a church member where my mom and dad are church members. My mom and dad have consistently attended the same Sunday school class for like the last 15 years. And Kenny, I believe at least once a year, the Sunday school teacher has Kenny come in and Kenny can kind of pick the topic. It's not just the next week's lesson, the Sunday school book, but Kenny does with that Sunday school class what he does at some of the pastor training stuff like that. And whenever... Kenny teaches my mom and dad's Sunday school class. They always call me and they're like, oh, it was so good. And just the way he makes you think yes. is what sets him apart. I think it's the way he makes you think. What are your thoughts about Kenny? Yeah, I, I think it is his unique ability to make you think, but also the way he packages it as well. Yeah. So he he usually packages his sermons in a in a very unique way. It's all based on maybe one word or some kind of sound in a word and you're like you're trying to figure out what the next one is before yes. he he gets to it. You're like I wonder what the second one's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. worship, isn't it? Yeah. And the third one's going to be fellowship. Yeah. Yeah, and ships. Yeah. yeah. The, the ship-shaped church. Yeah, that's uh, right. I heard him preach one about how to get best gas mileage out of your car. And he turned <laughs> that into how as Christians we shouldn't, I don't know, do something. But he, he was all for good gas mileage. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so he, he's able to take things like that and great illustrations. And then with his unique voice, yeah. his his ability of what he describes as spatial preaching, yeah. the moving from one place to another to visually represent the points. I think, I think that just draws people in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's old school preaching. It is. It is old school preaching. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Is old school preaching dying? Yeah. Yeah. We love them, but it yeah. is. Yeah, I think it is. M- me and you ain't old school. <sighs> Some would say we're old school preachers. We're not. No. We're, we're we're a new cut of whatever it is. You know what I mean? That'd be a good podcast. What yeah. are we? I don't know who we are. Who 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 are we? Who who am I? Who what am a great I? existential question yeah, for today. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Number you're three. You're smart. Yeah. You're funny, and <laughs> doggone it, people like you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, that is hilarious. Thank you. I'm standing in front of a mirror right now. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Number three was Jim Futrell. Uh, Jim Futrell had the opportunity. Uh, he came to the Mississippi Baptist Convention, mid-90s, late-90s, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 96, 97. Yeah, so be right. And then served in that role until 2020. Sean Parker took over uh, as Executive Director Treasurer of the Mississippi Baptist Convention in 2020. Uh, I would love to pick Sean Parker's brain. Parker was the uh, was the pastor of First Baptist Columbus for like 17 years. And now he's been in that role and a a, 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 a had itinerant ministry role, an itinerant ministry on steroids, on high-octane fuel. He jumped feet first into the fire right. with itinerant ministry because your executive director of any convention is going to be asked to do so much. Hey, we're dedicating our parking lot. Will you come pray over <laughs> yeah. it? Parker had to do that. He did. <laughs> he went and prayed over a dedicated parking lot, if memory serves me correctly. And there are so many things where you are on the cusp of your, you, you have to have a message for anything and everything at a moment's notice. Futural is a fantastic itinerant preacher because of the opportunity that he took advantage of and his, 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 his humor and his personality outside of the pulpit work. He, he makes you think he knows you and remembers you. Anybody, he may do it. He is so personable. And then while preaching, so funny. So that's what I think about Futural. What do you think? I agree. He, he is hilarious. And those times he can call people out from the pulpit. Yeah. And if it was me, they would rush up there and beat me. <laughs> you you remember like, a few years hey, ago? Jim, we love him. Yeah, you remember ahead. a few years ago at the uh, convention, yeah. somebody somebody's phone went off or something like that. <laughs> yes. And he stopped in yes. his service was like, you going to answer that? a thousand people. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. And yeah. if it was me, I, I'd be yeah. fired before so the service endearing. was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah, he right. he has that ability. Uh, I don't electric personality. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Uh, when he when he comes into a room, he's he's there. I mean, mm -hmm. like every eyes on him. There's just something about him, his his nature that that people are drawn to, and and in his preaching that comes across as well. You you kind of just lock in. You do, and you listen. Yep, yep. And one is talking about itinerant ministry. I'd love, I'd love to hear Sean Parker preach in about ten years, and to see. Now, I think people are gifted and called in certain ways. Sean Parker is a fantastic preacher, fantastic preacher. But I wonder if ten years of itinerant ministry is going to change the menu of his preaching. I wonder if there are certain things that he uses now that will fall out because I. I He's got to still be used to pastoral preaching. How old is he? 52? Something like that. And for the overwhelming majority of his life, uh, he has been a pastoral preacher. Will that change as he becomes an, an itinerant? So Sean Parker at the age of 62, what will he preach like? You know, I, I just wonder. I don't know. I don't, I think he'll, I think he's going to continue doing what we're used to. I hope so. Because it is really good. It, yeah. I agree. Really good. Most of the time, it's exposition of a passage. Yeah, there's only one time that I can think of he didn't expose, he didn't do an exposition of one passage. He did more of a topical, yeah, apologetic message, yeah. which was fantastic. Fantastic, knocked it out of the park. Fantastic, and he coupled apologetics with evangelism, which is as the as different sides of the same coin. same coin, different yes. sides. Yep. Yes, it was so good. It was so. I good. agree.
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like he's going to develop even more so, and he's great now at it. But but I I think his his exposition that's going to stay the same. I think that's his bread and butter. I yeah, think he's. I think so. Biblical, you know, biblical scholar, Old Testament scholar. I think yeah. that's his bread and butter. Yeah, I think so. Well, Thomas, this has been a really good discussion, buddy. Yeah, I've enjoyed talking to you about itinerant ministry. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast on itinerant ministry. If you have any questions, then you can send those to us. Hey, if you would want to, uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Fancy. If you got any questions, you can post those to iTunes. You know, we might see it next summer uh, when we go to uh, record some more podcasts. We might see it next week. Who knows? Uh, but if you got any questions, let us know. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you tune in again, in again the next time we have an episode of the Ministry March podcast. 